Aloha, my name is Napua Hu'el. It's Saturday, September 19th, 2020. I'm broadcasting from the illegally occupied Kingdom of the Hawaiian Islands. This is season one, episode one of my new podcast, which I have yet to name, but I'll keep you posted. Today's subject matter of discussion is third-party corporate aggressing and third-party corporate aggressors who I feel all have a distinct behavioral pattern and they are all socially interconnected. They all work really hard to continue corporate control of the last remaining open lands in Hawaii And so they continue to work with master corporations and work for master corporations to move the agenda along with little to no pushback by the actual title holders of these lands. And so I'm discussing the nature of third-party aggressors today. They are hired by foreign corporations to check the box and meet local hire criteria. This gives these offshore companies the opportunity to influence established island social networks by merely providing a bare minimum salary job that in the end costs that employee their soul. Third-party aggressors can play any role within the company. I've seen third-party aggressors that are community relations directors for these master corporations. They're leaseholders of these master corporations. They're ranchers for these master corporations. Um, Sometimes they're neighboring landowners with these master corporations. They bought land from these master corporations that border very important land parcels on the island and they work together with their neighbor the master corporation through fraudulent land titles they work together to continue to push any last remaining hawaiian kingdom heirs and lineal descendants living subsistence lifestyles off of their ancestral lands and off of these prime lands um, which they fully intend to utilize for development. Um, So anyways, they are covertly hired and contracted to ploy the corporate economic narrative. Their job is to infiltrate and tear the weave of the community substance Um, the community bonds that have been and always will be the means to truly protecting Hawaii. It is the community bonds that have protected all of these very important sacred sites um, and lands across Hawaii that descendants still use to sustain themselves um, or these lands serve larger functions in the ecosystem and therefore need to be protected it's the rural communities the tight-knit communities across Hawaii 
have protected all of Hawaii's natural resources to date by merely continuing to stay and live in those areas, um, live challenging off-the-grid lifestyles um, to make sure that somebody is there to keep an eye on the place, um, to make the place better, um, and to forever protect the place. And so third-party aggressors are basically looking for uh, these types of people because they're in the way of corporate sprawl um, development that is coming around the mountainsides at this point, coming around the backside, coming around the northeast and um, creeping their way uh, into the last frontiers on this island. Well-incentivized third-party aggressors will go the length for their master and architect custom resource conflicts to quintessentially sting the biggest threats to corporate domination of Hawaii, which again are the remaining lineal descendants and Hawaiian kingdom heirs who still live subsistence lifestyles in these country and rural pockets of Hawaii. Respectfully paid third-party aggressors will also go the lengths for their masters and entangle lineal descendants and Hawaiian kingdom heirs into legal matters over those curated resource conflicts. Most often, third-party aggressors attempt restraining orders on Hawaiian kingdom heirs, which is a creative and cost-effective way to attempt to prohibit these lineal descendants and Hawaiian kingdom heirs from even accessing their land. Uh, so for example, uh, you have the East Maka'iwa Ahupua'a, you have Alexander and Baldwin, East Maui Irrigation, East Maui Land Holdings, LLC, misappropriating an entire tract of Aina as theirs, uh, but the rightful, one of the rightful heirs um, still remains in the vicinity um, East Maui Land Holdings sold part of their misappropriated parcel to Allen Bradbury of Garden of Eden. And you have the general manager, Scott Shaw, of the Garden of Eden attempting to put restraining orders on his neighbor, the lineal descendant and heir, uh, Jesse Nakaoka, so that Jesse can't even go home to his own house because Scott has a restraining order on Jesse for a conflict that Scott created. Scott went and tampered with Jesse's water line, which Scott has no kuleana rights to, and then used that conflict and that confrontation uh, to file a restraining order against Jesse and attempt to keep Jesse away from his own water source and his own land. Um, so that's just a, uh, one of the many examples of how third-party aggressors use restraining orders to try and ban lineal descendants and heirs from their own Aina. Restraining orders are a, a cost-effective way for them to do this. I think it only costs about $15.00 to file one. Um, here's a list of third party corporate aggressors who have re restraining orders or who have attempted restraining orders on members of Arhui. Uh, Arhui being uh, a select group of individuals who uh, assert 
stewardship of Hawaiian Kingdom lands. We are a group of rightful Hawaiian Kingdom heirs uh, and lineal descendants of these lands, uh, merely attempting to plant food and sustain ourselves from these lands. And we have third-party corporate aggressors attempting to lock us out of our parcels um, who continue to tamper with indigenous agriculture um, and just completely harass and push the rightful heirs off of what is rightfully theirs. So anyways, we have Rodney Kilborn, World Surf League representative Alexander and Baldwin subleaser, attempted restraining order against Jesse Nakaoka, chief and heir of Maui Hikina. This order was granted but dissolved at the hearing. Scott Shaw, manager of Guardian of Eden in Wahini Pe'e, attempted restraining order against Jesse Nakaoka, chief and heir of Maui Hikina, granted but dissolved at the hearing. Benjamin Rodriguez, supporter of Jake Muse and the Kahikinui Project, uh, a Department of Hawaiian Homelands right of entry uh, project that eradicated subsistence, natural resources in Kahikinui. Um, but we have Benjamin Rodriguez, the supporter of that project, who attempted a restraining order against Mary Ann Pahukoa chief lineal descendant and heir of Maui Hikina. This was denied by the judge for lack of sufficient evidence. Henry Hanalei Day, the individual that did shoot Jesse Nakaoka's farm worker with an AR-15 on December 12, 2019. He's an A&B subleaser and a Mahipono affiliate rancher. He attempted a restraining order against Jesse Nakaoka, the person who he attempted to murder in December. He attempted a restraining order against Jesse. The judge denied it, lack of sufficient evidence. Uh, judge Blaine Kobayashi did grant Jesse Nakaoka and his farm worker, Andrew Myers, who was shot by Henry Hanalei Day, uh, a restraining and protective order. So Jesse and Andrew Myers have a restraining order on Hanalei Day because they were able to provide sufficient evidence to the judge to prove that Henry Hanalei Day did shoot Andrew Myers and did verbalize uh, multiple times that evening in December that he was there to kill Jesse Nakaoka. Uh, our latest and most recent attempt for a restraining order came from T.R.A. Lawrence, Community Relations Director for Mahipono, who attempted a restraining order uh, on me, Alicia Napuahuel, chief lineal descendant and heir of Maui Hikina. Uh, her application was denied by the judge for lack of sufficient evidence. And I wanted to go into sharing a little bit <laughs> of Tiara's application because it all stems from, in my opinion, it all stems from my formal invitation um, to have her be a part of a Facebook Live debate. Uh, I formally requested this uh, on social media that I was hoping that TRA could have a formal debate with me about East Maui water, about um, just the type of farming that Mahipono is doing in the Central Maui Plain and the effects of their 
framework in dewatering East Maui to water the Central Maui Plain, to water unsustainable crops in the Central Maui Plain, crops like coffee, citrus, limes, potatoes. Uh, I'm an advocate for the East Maui Farm Plan, which entails leaving the majority of stream flow in the stream and farming food for Maui in East Maui and avoid the disruption of the entire East Maui watershed and put food back in the indigenous agricultural framework that is there in East Maui and previously fed Maui and the entire population. And so Tiare had refused to, she, didn't, she never answered me formally, um, but she did file this TRO on September 4th. Um, I'm sorry, it's September 19th and I'm only now getting to this, but I have much greater legal matters that I'm uh, dealing with, historical legal matters that will assist in debunking the fraudulent land title system otherwise known as the tax map key system here in Hawaii, misappropriating Hawaiian kingdom lands every day and extensive dealing with extensive police corruption uh, and Maui police departments assisted property theft in acknowledging the illegal tax map key system. Uh, the only legally standing land division system is the Great Mahele. And so, yes, Tiare Lawrence did attempt to file a restraining order against me on September 4th. Um, the judge did deny her application uh, and dissolved her request. It is Saturday, September 19th. I'm sorry I didn't have the time to report this sooner, but I'm dealing with much more historical matters, uh, historical legal matters, than this latest attempt by yet another third party desperate aggressor to put a restraining order on a lineal descendant, heir, and chief of Maui Hikina who um, does everything and anything possible to ensure the safety and the protection of our island and our island's resources. And so I'm going to publish her 25-page application for a restraining order on me um, so that everybody can humor themselves in her allegations in which she had no sufficient evidence for all of these allegations that I called her from a block number and I sent her text messages from fake numbers um, and that I have a history of violence. She actually states that in the application and it's like, <laughs> I do not have one incident that, you know, proves that I have a history of violence. And so it's super bizarre. Um, but I'm just as confused as the judge by her application, which included screenshots of me asking her for a political debate, um, which she misinterprets to be cyberbullying. Um, she says that I slander her. I'm like, by slander, do you mean how I tell the Lahui the truth about Mahipono, their non-existent land titles, corporate water thieving, fake ag operation, and attempts to greenwash the next generation into believing a Matson affiliated company is actually trying for food security? Is that what she means by me and my slandering? 
Um, note that I did not call her on the occasion she said I called her from a block number. Um, my cousin never said on August 22nd that he was going to burn her house down. Um, as far as the part about her claiming that he was saying she's a sellout for Mahi Pono, I actually guarantee you that he probably did say that because it's true. And if you know me and Jesse, you know that we only tell the truth. Like the truth about how Mahipono is stealing water that once flowed through the streams on both sides of our ancestral family lands and how we can't grow kalo because Tiare is growing coffee and potatoes and watering the grass to grow future housing developments in the central Maui Plain and upcountry hillside. I did state she is a third-party aggressor. She wrote that in her application that I said she's a third-party aggressor. Um, and the only reason why I'm owning up to it is because I am saying she is a third-party aggressor. Um, she's the Community Relations Director for Mahi Pono LLC. She is affiliated with the WSL Piahi Big Wave Challenge. And having her post a photo of the Kahikinui project in her stories on multiple occasions in 2018 and 2019 substantiates her involvement in these exploitive commercial resource extraction endeavors produced and facilitated by corporations occupying government and their putrid facets of conservation, maintaining land and water control over unencumbered lands across Hawaii. Um, she does say in her tarot that application that she has no affiliation to Alexander and Baldwin. And I'm just like, she's basically lying under oath and that's considered perjury, telling an untruth. The community relations of Mahipono saying she has no affiliation with Alexander and Baldwin is just like Barbie saying she is not affiliated with Mattel. We all know that Mattel makes Barbie. We all know that A and B made Mahipono. Like, is she even serious? Um, she claims in her application that I'm responsible for her receiving negative comments from other people, other people towards her through social media. And she claims people have called her a sellout and a fake Hawaiian. And all I can say is that if you signed up to play Mahipono and you signed up to play Facebook, then you should be prepared to do so. I'm not concerned um, about what other people's opinions of you are. That's not me. I never called you those things, Tiare. Um, I'm concerned that Tiare may have missed the MySpace era where most of us were able to safely develop responsible social media operating skills, explore and uh, exercise common decency for online engagement. Um, but I feel like Tiara didn't like get exercise on MySpace. And so she's just like super erratic on her Facebook and her Instagram. Um, I do prepare for and force legal matters associated with real estate fraud. Um, this is not something that I try to hide. I am very open about the legal matters that I have on my plate, um, which were intentionally provoked by me Um you know, to expose unlawful activity related to fraudulent land titles um, by occupying government tax map key holders, attempting to illegally sell land that they don't hold clear titles to. Um, yes, that is me. I did assert and leave formal documentation as evidence associated with my arrest to ensure the truth about the Hawaiian kingdom could uh, come out in the fake state court system discovery process and I did knowingly provoke felony charges of such caliber to ensure prosecution 
to ensure my right to a private attorney at no cost, courtesy of the public defender's office. I am out on $40,000 bail um, because bail doesn't necessarily scare me. I've been bailing my uncles out of jail since I was like eight, and it's nice for them to return the favor and bailing me out recently and backing me up uh, on my objective to expose uh, the fraudulent nature of all the tax map key uh, titles in Hawaii. I did go to social media claiming she had fake accounts to stalk me. She put this all in her application um, about how I exposed that she was at the other end of Lohiao and Cody Fatera, uh, these troll accounts that were following, stalking, harassing um, multiple individuals who T.R. Lawrence has legal um, matters with, who T.R. Lawrence has had uh, relationships with um, she basically were, was using these couple of troll accounts to watch her biggest adversaries um, whether it was me and my sister for being open opponents of the Mahipono narrative or her ex-boyfriends and her ex-boyfriends girlfriends or the ex-boyfriends ex-girlfriends like um, it was clear to all of us who were being followed um, and stock that this was TRA and this is a group of about 10 individuals um, who have had issues with TRA. Um, we had all come to the realization that she was stalking us from uh, these two accounts and so she put that in her application that I had made up stuff about her having fake accounts but um, it's been confirmed that they are her. Uh, she claims my cyberbullying has resulted in persistent bullying from others and honestly she should know that I am not the only one fully aware that Mahipono is just a rebrand of A&B and as the community relations director for the corporations she is fully subject to that scrutiny by the woke folk of Maui um, at her own discretion and abilities to endure the feelings of isolation, rejection, exclusion, and despair, depression, and anxiety that comes with working for Hawaii's primary oppressor of the Hawaiian people, their lands, and resources. She goes on to attach like 20 screenshots of my posts asking for a live debate and my exposing of her troll accounts and her science about land restoration and farming, subject matters of trend for her and not actually based on education or experience as a sustainable farmer. Uh, the judge denied her application citing her screenshots of my post, um, asking for a live debate and my exposing of her troll accounts as being insufficient evidence to amount to a probable cause to believe that an act or acts of harassment have occurred as defined in Hawaii Revised Statutes Section 604-10.5. So the judge ordered that her petition uh, for a temporary restraining order and injunction against harassment is denied. Uh, judge Blaine Kobayashi uh, denied the request by TRA. He's the same judge who granted me and my family a protective order to ensure our safety from a mahipono uh, affiliate rancher Henry Hanale Day who did shoot our farm worker on December 12, 2019 with an AR-15 uh, police report number 19050841. We had to provide substantial proof and arrange witnesses to s provide sufficient evidence in order to obtain our protection orders from this third-party corporate aggressor. People like Tiare abuse the courts to seek vengeance on others and manipulate the system to benefit their corporate agenda. 
Um, we've seen this with the five attempts for a restraining order against chiefs, lineal descendants, and heirs uh, over the past two years. It is a slap in the face to individuals who actually need protection from the courts. I want to spread awareness on the nature of third-party corporate aggressors who will attempt anything from falsified restraining orders to attempted murder to protect their masters who continue to thieve Kanaka and wash them of their identity as the Hawaiian Kingdom heirs to all the lands that AMB and Mahipono continue to misappropriate as theirs and mismanage beyond belief. So long as we allow our island economy to work in this way and corporations like AMB and Mahipono to go unregulated and continue to do things we know are destroying the island, they are going to continue even though we know it is destroying the planet. This is short-term thinking and a religion of profit at all costs that is part of a prolonged and illegal occupation of the Hawaiian Kingdom. And this thieving and commodification of our subsistence natural resources will no longer be tolerated because these models of endless resource extraction and pollution in no way aligns with Hawaii's truth and identity and I refuse. <laughs>